Hello there, and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent, and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Ida Waringa in Nairobi, Kenya, and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we assess the rumours that the 2021 Africa Cup of Nations might be delayed or moved away from Cameroon, as CAF insists that the tournament is going ahead as scheduled. Also, we look at the exploits of Ivory Coast forward Sebastian Haller, who's made history as the first player to score in his first six Champions League appearances. Also, we talk to Nigeria forward Terem Moffi, who plays for Lorient in France and is hoping to be in the Super Eagle squad for the Nations Cup. There are lots and lots of talents in Africa, but it's a shame that their family and friends don't really support them as much as my parents did. That's coming later. Also, we look at the decline of Barcelona as they fail to make it to the group stage of the UEFA Champions League. So it's just four weeks now to the start of the 2021 Africa Cup of Nations in Cameroon, kicking off on the 9th of January. And the big news is that as Passion for Sport, we'll be bringing you a daily show on the Nations Cup called Cameroon Roars. You'll be able to listen online and on various stations around Africa and beyond. So we're excited about this one, Cameroon Roars, every day throughout the Africa Cup of Nations. Well, there are many questions right now about the tournament. Will it take place with the outbreak of the Omicron variant of COVID-19? Also, the issue of possible travel restrictions. Well, the Confederation of African Football's Director of Communications, Alex Sioe, spoke to the BBC this week, dismissing rumours that the tournament could be moved away from Cameroon. Uh, Cameroon's neighbour Nigeria has been added to the UK's red list for travel in the past week. Now, there has been speculation that the dates could be moved or even the whole tournament moved, maybe to Qatar, but CAF are already in Cameroon getting ready for the tournament. Uh, well, Ida, I guess there are often rumours like this ahead of any tournament, but maybe we are holding our breath a bit right now. Definitely, Steve. And yes, rumours like these always abound close to the tournament. But you can imagine now, you know, with this being the first Afghan during COVID times, then, you know, everything and almost everyone, suffice it to say, is on edge. But CAA was right in his approach, I believe at least, because, you know, just toning down on the rumors and just getting to work. And I think with CAF officials already in Cameroon, then surely the work has to continue, no? Because there's no choice. And look, if some sudden announcements are to be made, then the bridge shall be crossed then, I'm sorry to say, because, I mean, this is a tournament, Steve, that has already been delayed twice. So I really don't think that there's ever going to be a perfect time. Let it just happen. And uh, some teams have already made preparations, by the way, for pre-Afghan camps. The Black Stars of Ghana said to be preparing for their camp in Qatar, which <laughs> coincidentally enough has been linked with uh, maybe hosting the Nations Cup. That's an alternative rumor, I will say, that, as you've mentioned, has been out there. Friendlies have been arranged uh, between different nations. So certainly this is my hope and I would imagine the hope of others as well that the tournament does go on. 
Or yes, just hoping for the very best ahead of the 2021 Africa Cup of Nations finals in Cameroon. And one rising star who we might see at the Nations Cup is Ivory Coast forward Sebastian Haller, who's made history as the first player to score in his first six Champions League appearances. Haller converted a penalty as Ajax beat Sporting Lisbon 4-2 on Tuesday. And he's only the second player after Cristiano Ronaldo to score in all six group games in a single Champions League season. And he's the first player ever, as I say, to score in his first six Champions League appearances. Uh, we spoke about him a couple of weeks ago, Ida, when a Solis Chukwu was on the show. And Haller's gone all the way to make history. And as I say, something of a rising star, although uh, he is 27. Right. And I remember Solis saying that it wouldn't be too crazy to see Allaire get a nod at the African Player of the Year. And honestly, at this rate... I really do have to agree, Steve. And uh, some interesting stats you've mentioned there. Allow me to add another one, you know, in these very, very number crazy times that we find ourselves in. Well, Allaire finished the group stage just one goal shy of Cristiano's record of 11 goals that the Portuguese set back in the 2015-16 season and ended up equaling the tally of top scorer Erling Haaland in last season's competition of 10 goals. So amazing stuff there. And not too long ago, Steve, Allaire was in the top 10 category of most expensive strikers in uh, the English Premier League for that £45 million that West Ham paid for him. And look, while I'm sure that many might have scoffed, the history that he's currently making right now, you know, must at least be some form of retribution. I mean, he is keeping with very, very good company, Steve. You know, we're talking the Cristianos, the Haalands of the world. And don't forget that he is now one of only four men to have hit double digits in the group stages of the Champions League. The other three, of course, one is Cristiano, who we've mentioned. The other two, Messi and Lewandowski. This is amazing company, Steve. And Ajax as well, by the way, have ended up winning all six of their Champions League group matches, becoming the first Dutch side to do so in the competition's history. So, you know, it's safe to say that Allaire and Ajax are both enjoying a renaissance, you know, wouldn't you say, Steve? I mean, 2019 was when Allaire had his brilliant start for West Ham. He scored four goals in his first seven games. And Ajax, in the same year, reached the Champions League semi-final. So, you know, who knows? Maybe this is me romanticizing it <laughs> a bit. But I have to say it's pretty special, you know, that they're both enjoying probably their best seasons, you know, since then at the same time. Uh Well, let's see if he can replicate his current form at the Nations Cup. And uh hopefully after that, he will be back for Ajax, you know, in time for the knockout stages of the Champions League. Yeah, indeed. And as you say, Ida, Sebastian Haller could well be a contender for the African Footballer of the Year award. Thanks, Ida, to another player now who might be at the Africa Cup of Nations. That's Nigeria forward Terem Moffi, who plays for Lorient in France. Moffi is 22, and he made it to the Super Eagles squad in June for a friendly against Cameroon, and now has three appearances for the national team. Uh, Moffi scored 14 league goals in his first season in France last season. 
Well, Planet Sport Football Africa's Olawashina Akaleji spoke to Marfi about his football and his faith as a follower of Jesus, and first about his journey and his family, as his father was a goalkeeper. And five years ago, Terem was playing with Victor Osimen at under-17 level for Nigeria, and his father and Alex Iwobi's father were friends, and now he's in the national team along with Iwobi and Osimen. I remember the first day, like we all went. The national team that Super Eagles. Like, you know, you just stay and you, you reminisce like, yo, it was this same guy I was trying to take pictures with. Um, this Victor Simeon we played in the 17. It was just crazy. You see, um, Kenneth Omero, um, Wilfred and the senior man Kelechi. I mean, nah, it's impossible, man. It's, it's really crazy. It's crazy, but it's hard work, diligence, God, God's timing. It's, it's just this and my mom's prayer as well. So yeah, <laughs> honestly, my mom's prayer. I think that's the real backing. Yeah, because without that, maybe it, it would have been a different story by now. You come from a home where academics is the number one thing. I mean, <laughs> you laugh now because your dad, you know, your brothers and everyone. You just went through a path that, even though your brothers too fantastic footballers in their own right, your dad also um, when he was playing football and all that. Many in your family said they didn't expect you to be the one. Honestly, till this day, my dad still tells me about getting a degree after football. Like, <laughs> he's so bent on yeah, the degree after football. Like, obviously, I see his points because there's life after football. You can't rely on the fortune you make or the wealth you make. You have to have something to run back to. But that's not the point right now. The point is, um, we had talent in my family, my eldest brother, the first, the second. We had talent and myself. Um, I would say I was the lucky one who, who escaped to become a footballer. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't the smartest in school. I mean, I had my ideas, but I wasn't the smartest. It was mainly football, like, and I'm so happy my dad, um, he, he supported me. He recognized what my passion was and he supported me. I mean, in Africa, you know, there are lots and lots of talents in Africa, but, it's a shame that their family and friends don't really support them as much as my parents did. It's it's contrary to the, some of the things you hear. You know, everyone in their in their fantasy world are fantastic footballers. Some people are Cristiano Ronaldo. They thought they they could be and all of that. It's not every time that a footballer get to live his dream. For you, it's happened for you. I bet you still have some teammates who will probably be thinking. I'm better than Terem, you know, stuff like that. Um, it's okay to think you're better than me. I mean, obviously, when you, <laughs> you think you're always the best in your head, you understand? Mm. So it's, to me, it's a good mentality thinking you're the best. Like Cristiano will say, I am the best. Even before he was crowned, I'm the best footballer that was back in 2008. He would tell himself he's the best. So yeah, it's, it's a good mentality having to see yourself as the best out there. So yeah. How helpful is it to have a footballer's father who also, you know, had played football before? Um, I think this has really helped me too. Because he understands, he understands football. He knows how important rest is, how important training is. And he's, he's, he has always been there taking me to trainings, bringing me back home, like buying me football boots, like and just everything concerning football he's been there supporting supporting pushing 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 so big ups to the man <laughs> now you're in the super egos and um, you must be looking forward to playing in your first afghan 
Um, definitely. As a Nigerian, you want to play um, for the national team in big competitions like the Africa and the World Cup. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I hope I get my chance. In all your conversations, you mentioned God. You mentioned um, the role of God in your life, how, you know, how you've practically been lucky as well. Um, what does faith um, play in your professional career? Um, I'm a firm believer. My family, we come. I come from a family where we believe in God. I mean, so yeah, my faith is really strong. So I know God is is beyond everything. There is a supreme being being up there who who oversees us, who guides us, who protects us. So yeah, my faith, prayers, and my beliefs. So yeah. You have a favorite place you love to go in the Bible where you read or something that you just like, maybe an inscription or something that is like a verse or something. Philippians 4 verse 13. <laughs> I can, um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we pray the Lord continue to strengthen you. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Well, quite a story that of faith and of family. That's Nigeria forward Terem Moffi, who plays for Lorient in France. He was speaking there to Planet Sport Football Africa's Oloashina Okaleji about his football and his faith as a follower of Jesus. Well, this is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. And still to come, Stuart on the English Premier League, as we ask, are the good times back at Manchester United? You can follow us on Twitter at Planet Sport FA and you can download our app and listen to the show anytime and access past programs in our archive. To download the app, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. And a reminder of the big news that as Passion for Sport, we'll be bringing you a daily show on the Africa Cup of Nations called Cameroon Roars. And you'll be able to listen online and on various stations around Africa and beyond and on the Planet Sport Football Africa app. So we're excited about this. That's Cameroon Roars every day throughout the Africa Cup of Nations finals. Right to social media now. Last week we asked, did Messi deserve the Ballon d'Or? As Lionel Messi won the prestigious Ballon d'Or trophy for a record seventh time, we asked if you agree that he deserved to be named the Player of the Year. There was much controversy as Bayern Munich and Poland striker Robert Lewandowski came second and many thought that he was more deserving, while Mohamed Salah came seventh with Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp saying that Salah definitely should have been higher up. Well, Messi had an average-looking season, maybe, with Barcelona, although his personal stats were impressive, and he won the Copa America with Argentina. So we asked, is he a worthy winner? With your comments, here's Planet Sport Football Africa's Ash Tikiwa. Thanks, Steve. We had a huge response to this one, and some correspondents objected to the wording in our question, as we said that Messi had an average-looking season with Barcelona, although his stats were impressive there. On Twitter, Blue Relish said Barca had an average season, but Messi, by ordinary standards, didn't. In his Copa America campaign, he was top scorer, top assister and best player, heading every offensive stat. At club level, he was Copa del Rey MVP and a Liga top scorer. He had twice as many men of the match performances as a second best candidate. On Facebook, John Kelly Bina in Ghana asked, Why did you use average season with Barcelona and forget about the Argentina national team? Let's be honest. Hope Sunshine in Nigeria says, Messi didn't have an average season. Barcelona did. Check his stats. Musa Mane in Gambia says, Messi more than deserves it. And calling his performance in Barcelona average, I think that is not appropriate. Messi single-handedly took Barcelona to challenge for the league title and did the same for Argentina. 
Lucy Rio in Ghana says Ballon d'Or is not about number of goals. And Gamonde Zetaharis in Liberia and Talisha official in Nigeria both said he deserves it. Maikon Akonboy in Nigeria says Messi should win it over and over again. But others felt that the award should have gone to Robert Lewandowski. Daniel Lewis Bakayoko in Nigeria said Lewandowski was robbed again. While Bonnie Muinde in Kenya says Lewandowski deserved it. But A.K. Stanley Ugochuku in Nigeria says some think that winning the award is by just by scoring. Check Lewandowski goals. Almost all are tap-ins. Samuel Vincent Smart in Nigeria says even before the award, Lewandowski himself said it will be difficult now that Messi has won the Copa America with Argentina. How can anyone in their right senses undermine that international achievement? You cry harder, we celebrate. Emmanuel Ensua in Ghana says you can't say he didn't deserve it. He really does. But people say Lewandowski should win this one, looking at the 2019-2020, coming down to 2021. But they should remember that the award is given based on season performance, not combined two or more seasons together. Both gave us good football to watch. Isaac Ayamensa in Ghana says Lewandowski was supposed to be the winner in 2020, but it was cancelled. The award is for 2021, not 2020. It is not a sympathy award. Mono John in Zambia says, based on collective trophies won, I think Jorginho had more success than any other of the top three. Messi won the Copa America and Copa del Rey, yes, but Lewandowski was just exceptional individual. Salah has been exceptional this season, therefore he would definitely have a claim next year. Messi is not the popular winner this year. Adrian Adriano Lovu in Namibia has strong views, saying the Ballon d'Or has lost its credibility. Only his fans will say he deserves it. Neutral and pure football lovers will know there were multiple players that were better than him, hence the controversy. Ibrahim Kamara in Sierra Leone says Andres Iniesta won the World Cup and they gave the Ballon d'Or to Messi. Now because of the Copa America, he has won the Ballon d'Or again. Timilane El Patron in Nigeria questioned the importance of the Copa America. Messi won the award with Copa del Rey and Copa America. Can a player win it with FA Cup and AFCON? Funny journalist award. Shaking my head. And let's finish off with the views of some Messi fans. Brian Bernard in Kenya says, If not Messi, who else? While Mohamed Remetu in Ethiopia says, He deserves more. Bankura Kletas Achu in Cameroon says, Internationally, Messi proved himself worthy when he was needed most, but Jorginho missed a penalty when needed most. Bankura referring to Jorginho's miss in the shootout in the Euro 2020 final. Jotham Gitonga in the USA says, Well deserved. Or Sharaf Eddin in Morocco says, For years the critics said that Messi had to win a major title. Now he has, no one seems to care. And that's echoed by Matadinho Drame, who says he wants something for his nation after many of you criticize him for no trophy for his nation. He deliver for his nation, now you're making noise. The boy is always the best. So there you are, Steve. Passionate views there, as expected. And while many felt Messi was not a worthy winner, his many fans believe that he deserved it. Well, certainly that was uh, quite a heated debate there. Thanks a lot, Ash. That's Planet Sport Football Africa's Ash Tikiwa. And thanks for all of those uh, strong views on uh, both sides of that issue there.
Uh, right, this week on social media, asking what needs to be done at Barcelona as the five-time European champions have missed out on the knockout stages of the Champions League for the first time in 17 years and are down in seventh position in the La Liga. So what do you think can be done to stop Barca's decline? Should they stay with new coach Xavi? Do they need to sort out their finances? Do they need someone to replace Lionel Messi? And do you think that they can bounce back? You can post a comment on our Facebook page, that's Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. What do you think needs to be done at Barcelona? It'll be great to hear your views on this one. Right to our European football expert Stuart Weir next here on Planet Sport Football Africa, show brought to you by Passion for Sport. Let's begin then with the decline of Barcelona as the five-time European champions lost to Bayern Munich on Wednesday to miss out on the knockout stage of the Champions League for the first time in 17 years. Uh, quite some surprise this, Stuart. Five-time winners of the Champions League, but you'd have to say that they've been in decline for some time and have not won the Champions League since 2015. Again, eight times winners of La Liga 2008-19, but they're only seventh at the moment. And, you know, it wasn't the defeat away to uh, Bayern that knocked them out. It was the fact that they've lost home and away to Bayern, that they lost 3-0 away to Benfica, fortunate to draw at home to Benfica, and they only managed to beat the bottom team, Dinamo Kiev. So, I mean, their group results were two wins, a draw, and three defeats, two goals scored, and nine conceded. Barcelona, at the moment, are just a shadow of the team we think of, uh, with with Messi, etc. And, of course... Um, Kuman got fired and Jefe is a new manager and so I think it'll take time for Barcelona to re-emerge. And they weren't the only former winners to go out to the group stage because of AC Milan also. And incredibly, three of the four German clubs will not go through to the knockout stage. Bayern go through, but Leipzig, Dortmund and Wolfsburg are out. And similarly, alongside Barcelona, Seville were eliminated. And the biggest shock of all, I think, was in Group G, where we saw Lille from France winning, with Salzburg from Austria second, eliminating Spain, Seville and Germany's Wolfsburg. But as expected, all four English clubs qualified for the knockout stage. Liverpool and the two Manchester clubs as group winners, and Chelsea as runners-up. And yes, inevitably, Mo Salah scored. But Manchester United's last opponents were young boys of Switzerland. But the term young boys could equally have been applied to the Manchester United squad, with Ralph Ranyak changing every player who played against Crystal Palace and included six youth team players among the substitutes. And it was a good night for Manchester United's Africans, with Eric Bailly and fellow Ivorian Ahmed Diallo in the starting lineup, alongside Anthony Erlanga, who is Swedish, but the son of the Cameroon international, Joseph Erlanga. And among the substitutes, we had Taden Mengi, born in Manchester of Angolan descent, and Shola Shotiri, whose father is Nigerian. So perhaps a growing presence of African players among Manchester United's youth players, you might say. 
Yes, Manchester United not having many Africans in their squad in recent years. So good to see those young African players featuring. So a winning start for United in the Premier League with their new interim manager Ralph Rangnick beating Crystal Palace one nil. Are the good times back for Man United fans, Stuart? Well. In a season where they conceded five to Liverpool, four to Leicester City and four to Watford, not only winning but keeping a clean sheet was very welcome. And that, in fact, incredibly ended a run of 14 successive home games in which the team had conceded at least a goal. The new manager started with the same 11 players that Michael Carrick had chosen for the previous game against Arsenal. And with United having played on Thursday and playing again on Sunday, the new boss apparently only had one 45-minute training session to prepare. But the players seemed to have got the message about pressing, and United won back possession more times and made more tackles than in any previous league game this season. The German had clearly tweaked that approach, And there was what you might call intense pressing of the opposition. The Brazilian Fred, often criticised, was the star performer, not only scoring the only goal, but working tirelessly throughout the game. The tactics, someone said, seemed to be press hard, press high and give the ball to Cristiano Ronaldo. Ronaldo, in fact, received the ball 37 times. That's the second most he's had this season. And... The Manchester United legend was being watched by two other United legends with Dennis Law and Wayne Rooney, 350 goals for Manchester United between them in the stand. Now, Palace could have spoiled the day because their Ghanaian Jordan Ayew had a great chance to equalise, but he put a shot wide. His manager, Patrick Vieira, said that Jordan Ayew is a great team player who works incredibly hard but strikers are judged by the goals they score. Steve, it may be premature to talk about the good times returning, but when you notice that Manchester United's five next upcoming league games are against Norwich, Brentford, Brighton, Newcastle and Burnley, and that they have no games against the top three until March, there's a real opportunity to consolidate their league position and get a few wins under their belt. Right, so Manchester United fans can be quite hopeful right now. And uh, Stuart, what did you think of Chelsea losing 3-2 to West Ham? Well, I think I'd start with West Ham rather than Chelsea because, and don't forget that West Ham beat Liverpool 3-2 last month. It just shows that West Ham are playing really well at the moment and they don't fear the big teams. Saturday's game sadly was a bit of a disaster for Chelsea's normally outstanding Senegalese goalkeeper, uh, Edouard Mendy. First of all, he tried to dribble away with a back pass and only managed to concede a penalty and then was beaten in the near post for West Ham's winning goal. Chelsea now drop to third behind Manchester City and Liverpool. Callum Wilson scored for Newcastle as they beat Burnley 1-0, meaning that Newcastle have finally got a win and that Burnley, Newcastle and Norwich are all equal on 10 points, three behind Watford at the bottom. Everton, whose eight previous Premier League games had resulted in six defeats and two draws, came from behind to beat Arsenal and end that dreadful sequence. Now, Watford lost to Manchester City. No surprise there, because this was the 14th consecutive time when the two teams have met that City had won. We mentioned last week how Manchester United, Chelsea and Liverpool all have a German manager. 
uh, with Ralf Ranjek, in fact, becoming the seventh German to manage in the Premier League. Currently, Thomas Tuchel and uh, Jurgen Klopp. Previously, Felix McGrath at Fulham, Jan Sievert and David Wagner at Huddersfield, and Daniel Farke at Norwich. And Steve, in case you missed it, Thomas Tuchel's initials are TT, and Ralph Ranjek's are RR. And this is the first time a pair of managers have had matching initials since Chris Coleman and Mick McCarty in 2006. Brighton drew with Southampton, and this is the third time that they have drawn a game in the Premier League this season, 1-1, equalising in the last two minutes of normal time or later. And remarkably, on all three occasions, the equaliser has come from Neil Mopé. Now, there was an incident in the Leicester City-Aston Villa game which had people scurrying to find a copy of the laws of the game. Leicester City goalkeeper Kasper Schmeichel blocked a shot and then dived on it with one hand against the ground before Jacob Ramsey kicked it into the net. But the goal was disallowed as the goalkeeper was deemed to have the ball under control even though he just had one hand on it. Finally, Chelsea won last season's Women's FA Cup last weekend, postponed from earlier in the year. It was played at Wembley, and Chelsea won in front of 41,000 spectators. Great to see the women's game getting some profile like that. Wow, huge crowd there. Uh, thanks a lot, Stuart. Uh, that's it for the show for this week. So from me, Steve Vickers and Ash Tekiwa in Harare, from Ida Wairinga in Nairobi, and from Stuart Weir in the UK, thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.